What's going on, everybody? This is episode five. It's been three months, and I'm trying to start doing this every week. Um, but the last time I recorded an episode of this was before school started, and the problem with that is that I'm doing a lot of hard classes this year, and I'm way behind in homework, and this is me procrastinating right now. Uh, some important updates. I think the most important update in the last three months has been, uh, Chris Pratt is playing Mario, and I don't like that one bit. I know, you know, these, these talk show hosts, Jimmy Kimmel, and all those guys are like, oh, you know, this is the problem you guys need to be... You know, they're mocking us. They're mocking us for hating on Chris Pratt voicing Mario. You don't understand. This is Mario. And Chris Pratt should not be playing him at all. And now, as of today, they announced that he's gonna be, he's gonna be playing Garfield. Chris Pratt's playing Garfield. I'm a little bit more for that. I don't know if you've seen Parks and Rec, but I, I like his character, and I think he could do a good Garfield from that. I'll let him do Garfield. I'll let him get away with it. But Bill Murray was better. Bill Murray is Garfield is like a match made in heaven for casting, you know? Um, so those are the big two things. What else? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of stale with recording, I think. Um, what else is going on? I'm working on school. I'm starting a Shakespeare play tomorrow in English class, and I'm not excited for that at all. Uh, I, I don't like Shakespeare. I honestly think he's really overrated, which sounds very like a pretentious thing to say, but I'm, I'm coming from a place of I only know modern English, and Shakespeare does not. But also, I think he was a terrible writer. You know, he's just... Have, have you read this book? Or not his, his play, because he wasn't a book writer. He wasn't an author. He was a playwright. Have you have you read his play, The Taming of the Shrew? Because that is one of the worst plays ever. It's so stupid. So for those of you who don't know, I'm going to take you through it. There's this dude. His name's... Like, his name's like... Percutio? Petruchio. Petruchio. That's his name. Mercutio's from uh, Romeo and Juliet. Per- Crucio. Percrucio. I think it's his name. And he's this kind of cash money guy. You know, he just runs around. You know, he's, he's, he's getting cash money. And he's, he's kind of that guy. You know, he's like, he's like the Wolf of Wall Street. And his dad dies and leaves him with a large sum of money. And he's like, oh, I'm going to travel the world, you know. But I also need a wife. And meanwhile, there's this this rich family, and these two, you know, the, the the younger daughter falls in love with this other guy, who's for whatever reason. And I know this is going to sound convoluted, but that's only because it is. This makes no sense at all. But the youngest daughter of this family falls in love with a guy who is pretending to be his own tutor. So he and his tutor, I think, switched places. They switched identities. And she fell in love with him as the tutor, but he's still kind of the same. I don't know, but but that's what happened, from what I remember. Uh, but they fall in love and they're going to get married, but then their dad goes like, Oh, okay, well, you can't get married until the oldest daughter gets married. And I think, is her name Catherine? Is Catherine the older one? I think Bianca's the younger one and Catherine's the older one. It's been over two years since I've read this. So the fact that I know this much is still wacky. But, um, so he goes, Okay, I'll let you two get married if, if I can get if I can get my oldest daughter Catherine married and Catherine goes up well I don't want to marry anyone and he goes well you know you got us that Bianca and what's the other guy's name Lu, Lu, Lucento I don't know whatever his name is Bianca and, and the other guy can get married uh so yeah so this is where per, Petruchio comes in Petruchio comes in 
and he comes in, and he's like, I'm gonna get married, and he comes up to the wedding like sick. No, 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 he's, he comes into the wedding on like a sick horse, and he keeps feeding him oats for whatever reason. I don't know why, but that's like a very like big plot point. The horse is sick, and Petruchio also kind of looks sick, but I don't know why. But that's kind of how it is, and so he's like, oh, okay, we're gonna get married now. Um, and, and Catherine goes, I don't want to get married. And he goes, too bad, we're getting married. And then, so they, so then completely forgetting about Bianca and the other dude's story, the rest of the story exclusively follows Petruchio and Catherine. So they, they go to like this house for like a dinner party. And Catherine says something like, oh, the steak's a little undercooked or something, whatever it is. I don't even know if they had steak, but it was beef or whatever it was. And then Petruchio just goes off on this rant. He goes like, how dare you feed my wife this horrible, horrible undercooked beef. This is, this is stupid. I'm going to yell at everybody here. Get the chefs out here. I got to yell at them. Then I got to yell at you for inviting me to your home and feeding me and my wife, me and my, my wife, this awful, awful stuff. He's like this guy. He's like Adam Driver's character. Every time he hosts SNL, there's this guy who goes into like a test. He, he's like a test audience. What's, what's that thing called? focus group he's like a focus group for like a new coffee or something like that it, it's coffee usually is, is what i remember for one of them and it's he's so adam driver's character this is just like a side note adam driver's character he's on his honeymoon with his new wife is, is what he always calls it and they're they they go to this focus group for whatever reason that's their honeymoon is they go to a focus group and um they're trying this coffee called domenico's coffee and then it's a focus group because they try to get these footage for commercials where they go, what if I told you that this local coffee shop that you thought was called Dominico's is actually BK Joe Burger King's new $1 cup of coffee. And so then everybody in the focus group was like, wow, this is only $1 it comes from Burger King? That's really good. And then Adam Driver just goes, what, you feed me and my new wife this, this burger juice? I don't understand. Where, where's Dominico's? And then the wife, oh, excuse me. Hold on just a second, I'm gonna adjust my headphones here. And, and then the wife just goes, Yeah, where's Domenico's? I love Domenico's. And they go, Domenico's was never a real restaurant. You know that, right? And then she just goes, No, 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 I've been drinking at Domenico's for years. And then Adam Driver just keeps going like, Stop feeding my wife burger juice. We're not drinking burger juice. And they go, Do you think it's made out of burgers? It's coffee, no. And he just goes, Ah. And he's like, You feed this to me and my new wife on our honeymoon? That's exactly how Pet Petruchio is in, in Taming of the Shrew. He's like, you feed me and my new wife this this, this undercooked beef? This is disgusting. But really, he was just trying to teach Catherine a lesson. I, or, or so the story goes. They never explicitly said it. But according to all those scholars, those Shakespeare scholars, uh, Petruchio is trying to teach Catherine a lesson about her own uh, temper or being mean to people by he himself being mean to people all the time and so then they continue their journey and i don't even remember what happens after that but then at the end like so petruchio I, the only plot points i remember is petruchio marries catherine he yells at cat he yells at everybody because they're disrespecting catherine and feeding her this this burger juice him and his new wife at this at his friend's house or whatever it is and then they keep going on their journey and then they like go like a family party and then Catherine just goes like, oh, you're right, everybody. Women are stupid. I was wrong to be to try to be a strong, independent woman. Women were stupid this whole time. I am literally a table for Petruchio to put his feet on. And Petruchio is just like, damn straight. And that's kind of how it is. And then the big, the big thing is, did Shakespeare mean that as the message of his book? Or was, was Catherine being manipulative and saying that so that she could then 
go behind Petruchio and get the upper hand? Or was she just being sarcastic? And honestly, I think it's the, just the first one. I think Shakespeare wasn't smart enough as a writer to just be like, oh no, she's being manipulative, she's going behind his back. Because he would have included at least one clue, one clue about that. But no, the book's just, I don't want to get, or the, the, the play's just, I don't want to get married to this guy, but I will. This food's a little undercooked, but don't yell at everybody about it. Okay, women are stupid. I've been in the wrong this whole time. What a stupid book. What a stupid book. I, er, play. I hate it so much. It's so irritating. I, I, I really don't like that. But then the next play we read in that class, my English class, was my favorite play of all time. And I loved that book. It's, it's this, it's a satire. I like satire. And it's called The Importance of Being Earnest. And for, for a book or a play, I'm going to keep calling them books when I talk about plays, but that's how it is. For, for a play written in like the later part of the 19th century, I think it was, this thing's like literally like a meme you'd see on the internet now. It's so funny. It's, it's like an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So basically in that one, I know I'm just going through plays with you guys, but that's kind of what this has evolved into because I don't want to read this new play tomorrow by Shakespeare. I don't like Shakespeare. Although I do like some of his language. I, I like when... I like when the Shakespeare characters say something like, Oh, that was a fine jest, boy. That's just such an over-the-top way to say it. That was a funny joke. A fine jest. I hear that so much. A fine jest. I'm gonna start bringing that back. Romeo and Juliet kind of suck, though. Okay, this is this is what I gotta say. Go, before I get into the importance of being earnest. I'm, you know what? I'm not even gonna talk about that. I'm just gonna say, read it. Read the play. It's, it's a good play. They made a movie about it. The movie was fine. But the play is ridiculously good. They should make, like, a modern... Romeo plus Juliet version of the importance of being earnest like but they need to like modernize all the language Because because Romeo plus Juliet for those of you who don't know and that's what I'm gonna be talking about now is this awful 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 movie. It's Romeo and Juliet But they kind of brought it into modern times and it stars um Leonardo DiCaprio and somebody else I don't even know who it is. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. No, I won't. I don't know if it's gonna close out of the app I don't know if my app's good enough for this but it stars Leonardo DiCaprio and somebody else, and it's Romeo and Juliet, but it's in modern times. So instead of like being like from two rival families, they're part of like rival gangs or something. I don't know. But they didn't they didn't rewrite the 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 words. Uh, it, it's all just words from the play. They just they speak in Shakespearean English, but it's like the 90s, and it makes no sense. They'll just be like, Ah, Mercutio, dost thou art mine own enemy? Die villain, and then they like shoot each other. You know, they take out guns and just go. It's I don't know. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I hated that movie. We had to watch an English class when we read Romeo and Juliet. It doesn't make any sense. Just just write it as like you would write a modern movie. They didn't do that. They just kept the Shakespearean English, and it made it so much worse. And then they go, ah, thy villain Capulet, and then they throw a grenade at him. You know. Julia will just be on the balcony. Romeo, Romeo, where art thou, Romeo? And then Mercutio comes in with like a 18-wheeler and runs everybody over. Because they, the, the stuff that happens, nobody verbally mentions because it's not part of the play. So they'll just be having this conversation about whatever they're having a conversation about. And then like, just out of nowhere, they pull out guns and start shooting at each other because again, they can't rewrite it or add lines in Shakespearean English about, oh, Mercutio. Ah, thy villain Capulet has a gun. They can't say that. Um, be funny if they did. But anyway, I don't. I hate that. I hate that so much. Um, what was I gonna say after that? Oh my god, I keep forgetting. 
Give me a minute. They, you know what they said in that book that everybody laughs at? They said, uh, they said something to, to Romeo that was like, you are a saucy boy. That's a dumb thing to say. Even in Shakespearean English, it's stupid. It's not even like funny stupid, it's just stupid. Why would you write that? You knew what you were getting into, William Shakespeare. Uh, those are the only two I've read by him so far. I've read Romeo and Juliet and The Taming of the Shrew. They're both kind of terrible, but I'm reading Othello, starting it tomorrow. Um, so that's pretty cool, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to read it because I don't like Shakespeare. I'm two for two on hating him, so... You know, but Leonardo DiCaprio, he's a good actor. I'm going to talk about him for a bit now. Um, I don't know if you've seen this movie with him, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That movie is so good. All my, all my friends hate that movie, but I love that movie so much. And I can't even tell you why. It's just such good vibes. You know, they're just in L.A. in like the 60s, and they're just hanging for like two hours and 45 minutes. That movie goes nuts. I don't even know why I love that movie so much, but again, it is so good. I used to get, um, I used to get, because this movie came out in 2019, and in 2019 I was not as, like, big with movies as I am now, so 2019, and I would see a trailer for this, and it said, like, the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino, and I kept getting Quentin Tarantino confused with Guillermo del Toro, the famous horror director, so I'm just looking at these guys dancing around, and I'm like, where's... Where's the horror? Where's the spooks? Guillermo del Toro's up to something weird now. But anyway, yeah, that, that's, you know. But, um, Leonardo DiCaprio's in this movie that's coming up that I, I've only heard about. And people are really hyped for it, and there's been, like, one trailer for it, and it's looked subpar. But I, I'm inclined to be excited for it because it's got Leonardo DiCaprio, and it looks good. It's called Don't Look Up, and it's a satire from what I've heard. It's like a comedy it's directed by Adam McKay. He made a lot of big, like, comedy movies in the 2000s. He made, like, Talladega Nights. That's all I can think of right now. But he made a lot. He made a lot. But it's it stars Leonardo DiCaprio and... What's that? Her name's Jennifer something. Jennifer Lawrence, I think it is. Katniss from The Hunger Games. Um, and I think Jonah Hill plays the president in that movie. I think Meryl Streep's in it, too. Big cast in that movie. And it looks pretty good. Um... But it, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio and um, Jennifer Lawrence, and they're just like these two like low-level like uh, astrophysicists who think that an asteroid's coming to Earth, and so they just freak everybody out about it for no reason. But really, there's not an asteroid coming to Earth, or maybe there is. Maybe there is because they did show an asteroid heading to Earth in the trailer. But from what I've heard, it's just them freaking out over nothing. But I don't know. It, it sounds pretty good. I'm excited to see Leonardo DiCaprio in a, like, a more comedic role, because that's what he did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he was just kind of a comedic actor. I, it, he was good in that movie, he was good. Um, so yeah, that's, let's see, what other stuff do I want to talk about today? I'm running out of topics, man. I'm 15 minutes in and I'm already, like, done. <laughs> um, but I have more stuff I gotta talk about. college stuff's happening, because I'm a senior in high school now, so I gotta be applying all my colleges, well, I already got my applications in, but I gotta submit my transcripts now, which is, like, so much harder than I was told it would be, from what I was told, I met with, you know, like, all these, like, college people at my school, they were just like, okay, you wanna go to your colleges, here's what you gotta do, you gotta submit, like, 
you, okay, here's what you gotta do. You gotta submit your applications, but before that, you gotta request your letters of rec and your transcripts. That way, the colleges get them, like, because it, it, there's, like, a delay for when you request them and when they get them. And I go, that makes sense to me. I will request my transcripts now, and I will request my letters of rec now. And that's exactly what I did. And then I submitted all my applications, and then I go to the portal for all my colleges, and they're like, hey, we don't have your transcript at all. And I go, huh. So then I was told by somebody else that there's these other forms that I have to submit as well. These other forms for my transcript. No one told me that. So now I have to, so now I'm like late to all these because applications are due tonight in approximately an hour and a half. I'm, I've already got all my applications in, but I gotta get my pink slips and I got three of them in to my top three schools, but I gotta get, you know, the rest of the other like six in. So that's where I'm at right now. I was thinking about applying somewhere wacky, somewhere like I wanted to go to the University of New Zealand just because that'd be cool. Um, but it's too far. I, I, I wanted to go far for a long time. And I just don't anymore. I'm gonna miss my family too much. Even though I, I'm ready to move out. Like, I'm ready to, like, live on my own forever. I'm gonna miss my family. So I'm not doing that. Um, and what else? New movie stuff looks pretty cool. Um, just because movies are back. Uh, so I saw The French Dispatch over the weekend. And that movie was pretty good, I will say. Um, I just wanted to go with a friend of mine and it, it's someone who I've never really hung out with outside of school we're like getting closer so I was like okay let's just go see a movie because a movie is kind of that thing that you do with, with my friends that I do with my friends where you know I don't want to I want to hang out with her for a long time but I don't want to talk to her because what if it gets awkward you can't it can't get awkward at a movie because you're just sitting there watching a screen and then you could talk about the movie after it got pretty awkward at the French Dispatch on account of there is like two and a half minute shot of just a fully naked woman just her entire body in that movie and we you know we're we're seven i'm 17 she's 18 so we were we were able to get into the movie but we just were looking at each other like oh this is in the movie because i didn't know i didn't know anything about it i'm i knew it was a wes anderson movie for those of you who don't know anything about wes anderson films they're very like colorful and like aesthetically just beautiful um, there's like, oh, they're very surreal as well, and it, it's very like, I don't know how to describe them, but they're just very like, he has a specific style, and it's mm, like, it's, it's like surreal, but it's also like, if you were to take like a gritty ground, like grounded movie, and then just take the exact opposite of that, and you would get a Wes Anderson film, there's just like, none of it's like grounded in reality at all, even though the stories might be, um, but going into this movie, I've only seen two Wes Anderson movies, uh, and those are The Fantastic Mr. Fox and The Isle of Dogs, um, and I, I gotta tell you, I love The Fantastic Mr. Fox so much, that is such a banger movie, if you haven't seen it, it's on Disney+, Plus. it's like rated PG, go check it out, there are no two and a half minute shots of fully naked women in that movie, it's a stop motion animated movie for kids, and it's really good. That movie is so good. I, w I could watch that movie over and over and over. I love that movie so much. Isle of Dogs, not so much. I've seen it twice, maybe three times. I think I've only seen it twice. And I don't think I want to watch it a third time, even though I own the movie. It's okay. Um, 
got a got a stacked voice cast because everybody loves working with us with wes anderson and that's the other thing about the french dispatch so many big stars are in that movie you got you know the, the classic wes anderson guys tilda swinton owen wilson edward norton adrian brody jason schwartzman bill murray um and you also got timothy chalamet as one of the main characters francis mcdormand jeffrey wright um who else, who else, who else, who else is in that movie? Benicio Del Toro. Um, okay, what else? Who else is in there? Stephen Park. Uh, Saoirse Ronan. All these, all these guys. It's, it's nuts. Um, it's just a stacked cast. Oh, Willem Dafoe. How could I forget Willem Dafoe? I love that guy. So, so it's a stacked cast for that movie. And it's, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, but again, it's just the shots, you know, the, the fully naked woman, and it, it made it awkward for my friend and I, we were looking at each other like, should we be watching this? It seems like we're breaking some kind of rule here, even though we are old enough to get into the movie. But other than that, that movie was really good. I love that movie so much. It's an anthology movie, so it's telling three different stories, but I love it so much because it's so much more focused, like... Excuse me, the one thing about movies that, like, this is kind of my hot take in the movie world, is that I don't like Pulp Fiction. I think it's, it might be, like, among Tarantino's worst movies. And that's just because of one reason. It's so unfocused and so strange and non-linear that I'm sure, you know, and again, I, I wasn't raised into the movie. I was born ten years after it came out. So, I'm sure having this, these, you know, traditional rules for movies for the last 80 years, 70 years, and then one day a movie comes out that breaks all of them, and just has nothing to do with anything, and it's just this disorganized mess that's still entertaining, and you can still watch it and enjoy it, has gotta be a game changer, and I do like part of that movie, I don't think Tarantino's ever made a bad movie, but Pulp Fiction's among my least favorite by him just because it's so disorganized and so unfocused. If he made the entire movie this kind of like this this comedy and it only had the parts with Samuel Jackson and John Travolta, I would like that movie a lot more. But then Bruce Willis comes in and he's kind of related to them and there's just this entire other story and it just cuts back and forth between the two. All the scenes happen like out of order. So there's a scene where John Travolta dies and then like two scenes later, he's just there. And of course he's there because that scene where he dies hasn't happened yet. John Travolta is in the final scene of the movie, fully alive, and that's because he hasn't died yet. He dies in the middle of the movie. But then the next scene just is like, but now he's fine. You know, now now he's all good. Uh, it just, it, I don't like how disorganized that is. But the thing about the French Dispatch is that it's an anthology movie, so it's telling different stories. It's not just telling one story. But they happened in order, and that it, it just makes it so much better. It just goes, okay, here's a story about a painter who's also an inmate in prison. Alright, you like that? Here we go. Time for the next story. It's about a like a high school kid who's writing a manifesto, and he's trying to rise up against the town that's oppressing him. You like that? Alright, next one. Here's one about uh, the police commissioner's son getting kidnapped. That's all I'm going to tell you about every story, but that's kind of all you need to know. Um... And it's really just three stories, and it just tells you right, right when you're getting into the next story. And I like that, I like that so much more. And they do all connect, and they all tie into each other at the end of the movie. It's very interesting that movie, and the music in that movie is really good. Each, each, um, 
story, which is about, what, I don't know, it's like 20, 30 minutes for each story, something like that. Each story has its own, like, melody that plays in the background, and that really helps give each story its own identity because a lot of movies in black and white, but then also some of the movies in color, and the parts in color are also really cool. Some of the movies animated for no reason. It's just such a weird movie, but I highly recommend watching it. Do not watch it with your parents. Definitely only watch it with people that you're comfortable watching what I just explained with. Um, but that's pretty good. Um, I, I definitely recommend The French Dispatch because it was so interesting. and it, it was funny. It had a lot of good jokes and had a lot of good dialogue. Um, and it was, it was pretty good. Um, overall, I'd probably give it a 4.5 out of 5. It, it, I, I would say that it is that good of a movie. Um, so yeah, and then the other thing I watched recently that everybody's talking about, this is the one that everybody's talking about, and it's Dune, and I did not like Dune. This is, this is my, this is my big thing. It's, it's kind of the, this is the lower IQ way to put it, um, or, or at least it's, it's the lower IQ opinion to have that Dune is bad. It's all these guys, these smart, you know, these geniuses, you know, like Ben Shapiro, who went to Harvard, said it was cool, uh, from what I've heard, and, you know, he said it was one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. Another one of my friends, you know, who's very smart, is just like, this movie is incredible. All my cousins, you know, I, w- I went to breakfast with a bunch of my cousins uh, yesterday, and they were all like, this movie is nuts. I did not like Dune. It was so boring. It was boring. It It's like if you took Star Wars, and then you took the fun out of Star Wars, is what I think it is. That's kind of what it is. It's just like the space story, you know, there's this empire, and the empire's up to no good. They're trying to, like, steal spice from this planet, and the people on the planet are being oppressed. And then there's also the, these, like, two families that are warring with each other. It's just kind of this clustered mess between, like, Romeo and Juliet, Star Wars, and, like, what's the other thing I was thinking of? I don't know. But, um, it just, and it, it's just so boring, and the plot's, like, so, like, strange, and, like, and none of it really makes, like, enough sense to me, even. And I guess, you know, and granted, I did not watch the whole movie and my cousins were talking about the ending like it was the coolest thing they've ever seen in their life. But I just I just thought it was so boring. And it's a shame that it is that boring. Because that movie's acting is incredible. The acting in that movie is so good. Timothy Chalamet. There was this scene where there was like a needle close to his neck. It was nuts. It was nuts. His acting was so good in that. Um, I don't like Timothy Chalamet. But that's for other reasons. I'll, I'll get on that later. He, it, but credit where credit is due. That guy is nuts in that movie. And the visual effects and the cinematography are just some of the best things ever. I know the, the, the director, I'm going to butcher his name, like Denis Villeneuve, I don't know. Um, he's a French-Canadian, I believe. But he is known for these movies that are just like, their cinematography is beautiful. But again, that movie is just so boring. The acting's good, the special effects are some of the best I've ever seen in my life, the cinematography is incredible, but the story is just so strange and just like, they they didn't do a good job of introducing you to the world, first of all, Zendaya just dialogue bombs you for the first two minutes and then she leaves for the rest of the movie and never comes back, and then that's kind of it. 
so, you know, that's all you get, and so it's just like, oh yeah, the spice, you know, the, the empire comes for our spice, because spice is what makes everything happen, and the empire, and the emperors, you know, the people who mine it are richer than the emperor, keep stealing our spice and they can't have it it's our spice spice is the thing in that movie and then it's just like my name's paul atreides and i'm of house atreides and uh, the other house the bad guy house they're up to no good that's kind of it you know people just do things for no reason there's like magic in that movie i don't even know why there's magic who, who i thought it was a science fiction movie where's the magic coming from and so granted i did get like an hour maybe into that movie and then I was like nope not watch this anymore I'm done and I left and I, I honestly don't regret it because I just thought that movie really was just that boring and um, I, I have a friend who works at the movie theater and she was telling me um, that people just walked out of the movie and they were just talking to her and they would just be like that was the most boring movie I've ever seen in my life and it is it is just boring it's not a slow burn I've seen slow burn movies they're good uh, it, well I mean if they're done right um Sometimes they're just boring, and this is that. Uh, but if, uh, I'm seeing all these interviews with the director being like, the second one's going to be a lot more action-packed. We really we really laid the groundwork with part one, and then part two, we're just going to, he called it, I think he called it, have fun with cinema. So maybe I'll have to suffer through part one to give part two a, a fair chance. Um, but really, I just, I, I found it to be so boring. Um, and just so... It, it, it's like the talk. It's it's the talk of cinema right now. Everybody's so into Dune, and I didn't like it. I just I, I I couldn't get into it. But that's kind of my thing, you know. I I like things, or you know, I I, I kind of think the way my the the way I work is that you know sometimes I'll uh I'll go along with every, with what everybody's saying, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand here unless I unless I watch the movie all the way through really give it my full undivided attention and like it then I won't change my thought on it but right now first half of the movie so boring so just I don't even know how to describe it like it's just so boring and they didn't even do a good job of like setting up the world or like telling the story because Zendaya exposition bombed in the first scene of the movie but again, the cinematography is cool, and the, the special effects are really cool. But I don't know if I can really watch the rest of the movie if it's just going to be that boring. But I'll, I'll, I guess I'll have to go to another shot, won't I? The other thing, okay. I don't know if you guys have seen the, the Black Widow movie. This is just a thing. All the Marvel movies have been um very mediocre lately. And I saw this meme that really hit me. It was like, Marvel fans, when they see a post- Marvel fans staying all the way to the end of a mediocre movie to see a post-credit scene that sets up another mediocre movie. It's, like, yeah, and they, they've all been so mediocre lately in The Eternals. I don't know if you guys know this. Is the first Marvel movie, it's not out yet, it comes out Friday. I might skip out on this one, too. I'm, I'm so into all the Marvel movies, but when they first even announced Eternals, I said to myself, this is gonna be dumb. And I would tell my friends, and be like, I'm calling it, Eternals is gonna be bad. Eternals is going to be Marvel's first, like, flop. Mar it's going to be what everybody else thought Guardians of the Galaxy would be, but it's going to follow through with it in terms of being terrible. And that's kind of exactly it. It's the first Marvel movie 
to be certified rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. It's rotten. It's a rotten movie. I've seen clips. The CGI looks terrible. The vibe looks so off. And this is kind of the big thing. It came out. It's coming out around the same time as Dune, right? The director of Eternals, Chloe Zhao, really, really took inspiration from Denis Villeneuve, the guy who made Dune and the guy who made Blade Runner 2049 and, and all those big, cool movies that look beautiful. Um, she took inspiration from him with all everything in that movie, but it just doesn't look very good. And you know they could have, they could have really committed to this new idea of, you know, these aren't the Avengers, these aren't, you know, any like humans, these are like gods, and they're gonna have their, their their story, and they're gonna have their separate kind of thing. Um, but it's just kind of from it. From what I've seen in the trailers and from what I've heard in the reviews, it's just the exact same as every Marvel movie. They're just gods instead. And Marvel's kind of become too reliant on their formula, I think. Like, all the Marvel movies lately have just been so boring and so mediocre and the acting's terrible. But anyway, Black Widow, back to what I was saying about Black Widow, there was this one scene that almost made me want to walk out of the theater when I watched it. It was so disgusting. Just the complete, just lack of respect for the audience, even, is what I would call it. It's this scene, um, basically, again, for those of you who don't know, I know a lot of people aren't very into Marvel, but ever since, like, the Avengers, the first Avengers in 2012, uh, and in every movie, like, since then, with Black Widow and Hawkeye, they've referenced this thing called, you know, they, they've referenced this event that happened in Budapest, and they were like, oh, you know... This is just like Budapest all over again. And then Black Widow goes, you and I, er, no, Black Widow says that to Hawkeye, and then Hawkeye goes, you and I remember Budapest very differently than an endgame or a ship, and they go, huh, long way from Budapest. So something happened in Budapest, and, you know, Black Widow, that was one of the big selling points of it, you know, all, the whole marketing campaign is like, you're gonna find out what happened in Budapest. And it happens in an exposition bomb from Black Widow that wasn't even, like, clever. It wasn't even, like, written into the story well. Um, but basically, uh, it, here's how it happens in the movie is Black Widow's going after her sister, and, uh, her sister's hiding in Budapest. And this is, this is post, this is, like, post the thing in Budapest with her and Hawkeye, but, like, this is where her sister's hiding. Um, and so Black Widow goes to find her sister and they fight and then, um, you know, her sister says to Black Widow, just like, I thought you'd never show your face in Budapest again. And then Black Widow just launches into this whole thing. She just goes, yeah, I would never come back. And that is because I came to Budapest to murder the guy who trained me and turned me into the killing assassin that I am now. But I didn't kill him, but I did kill his daughter on accident. And she just kind of launches into that, like, out of nowhere. Like, clearly, if, if Yelena had to say, never thought you'd show your face around here again, she knew what happened. So Black Widow was not telling Yelena, her sister, she was telling the audience. And the audience was just like, oh, okay, that's why she was there and she is telling Yelena that. It's so just disrespectful. She's just like, yeah. It's just like, I never thought you'd show your face in Budapest again. Yeah, I came to Budapest to murder the guy who trained me and turned me into a killing machine, but I didn't kill him, I killed his daughter. Okay, that is all. It's so, I just, what is this, you know? Um, the Black Widow movie again, very mediocre. Um, what's after that? Shang-Chi was after that. 
I enjoyed Shang-Chi, but again, just the end work gets so strange and like CGI-ish, and it just falls into the trap of every Marvel movie having to have this big CGI final battle. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And because the first... What is it? First two-thirds of the movie, honestly, is martial arts, and that's really cool. And then they developed who I would call probably the best villain in the MCU. I do... You guys need to... You guys need to stop sleeping on the Mandarin, Wen Wu. He is so good. He is one of the best villains in the MCU, and it's just because his motives aren't very rational. Like, a rational person would look at the situation and just go, okay, well, this guy is clearly insane. But he is so stricken with grief, and he is so, like, emotionally damaged that this is what he thinks he has to do. And for those of you, I'm just going to tell you because it came out in September, I believe it was, so you've had ample time to watch the movie. Um, but in the movie, um, basically, he was he was a bad guy for a long time. He was this kind of, you know, villain. He would just go around in China and just attack people, and he's, he's lived for about 6,000 years, I think they said it was. And then one day, he, you know, in his quest for infinite power and infinite money and infinite, you know, infinite wishes, he finds this woman, and this woman is guarding this town that has potentially the answer to all of that, and instead of, you know, killing her and just going through with it, he ends up falling in love with her, and he's just like, okay, I'm not a bad guy anymore, I, you know, I know everything that I did is wrong, I'm going to start a family with you, I've been, I've been alive for 6,000 years and I've never even had kids, I want to have kids and I want to start a family with you, I want to get married, and so, you know, it starts to happen, and he gives birth to his kids, and then some of his old enemies from before come by and they kill his mom. Not his, not his mom. They kill Shang-Chi's mom, Wen Wu, the Mandarin's wife. And he's like, this is the woman I love more than anything and you killed her. This is the worst. Uh, it's just, I, I, I can't do this. So he goes back to his ways of evil and villainy because he's so stricken with grief. And clearly the universe does not want him to be happy because his wife was murdered. But then, it, it you know, kind of the, the big conflict or, or driving force in the movie is that in the movie he starts hearing voices from his wife that say like oh come find me like I'm in this like other dimension or whatever it is I'm in this other you know realm um you just need to unlock the gate and you just need to you know keep those ten rings or whatever it is I don't even remember what it was but and he was just like okay like obviously it's my wife you know she's alive and, and they're holding her and I need to come find her and I thought it was very interesting that Every person who looks at the situation is like, oh yeah, he's not hearing voices from his wife, his wife's dead. But he's like, no, 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 she's talking to me, I need to go find her. It was very interesting to me, and I thought he was a really compelling villain, especially the way he was played. It was just really, it was just really cool, I thought. Um, but Eternals comes out this weekend, and it looks terrible. The CGI looks bad. The story looks boring. The the humor looks so forced. The only, the only two things I even know about this movie that are, like, different and even semi-interesting is that it's the first Marvel movie to have a sex scene in it. Yep. And then the other thing is that they, they mention Superman. And Superman's not a Marvel character. But in the trailer, you know, the, this kid's like, Are you Superman? You fly around and you shoot lasers? And he goes, I am not Superman. Or whatever. Um, that's, that, that's pretty cool. So then that means one of two things. That means that DC Comics exist in the Marvel Universe. Or DC characters exist in the Marvel Universe. 
and this has happened before, um, there have been Marvel and DC crossovers in comics before, uh, for example, there was a very big one where Superman and Captain America had to work together, because Superman's, like, the most powerful hero of all time, and, uh, but Captain America's American, and Superman's like, I can't, he's like, I can't do this, you know, you're American, you're the one who's gotta help me save the day here, and I believe, I don't even remember if this is true or not, but I, I remember seeing, like, a video about this, this might be from that same comic run, but the Joker and the Red Skull were working together, and then the Joker just found out that the Red Skull was a Nazi, and was just like, okay, I'm gonna kill this guy, I, I hate Nazis, he's like, I may be a, I may be a psycho, but I'm an American psycho, movie. That's actually, I don't even know why I said that. I don't even, I don't even think that's the line. But American Psycho was not the movie I thought it was. Uh, I finally watched that movie a couple months ago. And just, just a quick thing about that is I thought it was gonna be a horror movie. It was a comedy. It was just violent. But it, you know, it was it was a good movie. Overall, I, I enjoyed it. But it's not one of those you look at as like, Patrick Bateman's the guy. He's the man. He's the guy you gotta look up to. He's he's the businessman. It like the the movie satirizes people like him. Um, but that's cool. Uh, it was a good movie. Um, don't look up to Patrick Bateman. Don't idolize him because he's not an idol. He is a murderer, and and just and just a terrible businessman. Uh, terrible in the moral way at least. But Eternals just looks so boring. Uh, back to Eternals, it just looks so boring and so just too weird. So I can't get into that. Um, and after that is the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home. Now that's the one I'm excited for. Just over, you know, just under two months until that comes out. Now just under two months, and I'll be watching Spider-Man No Way Home, which seems interesting. Um, it's this has just been a strange journey because there were just reports around this time last year that said like, oh, the new Spider-Man movie, I don't even know if they had a title at this point, um, but the new Spider-Man movie is going to have all three Spider-Men in it. Um, it's going to have Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland, and all the villains are going to be in it from every Spider-Man movie ever are going to be in this one. And then yeah, I, was, I was just like, what? That doesn't sound right. But I saw so many, like headlines and articles and these clickbait and just this stuff it was all over the internet and in my experience when a rumor gets to the point where I hear it it's probably true because I'm not very tuned into any of these things really especially in terms of rumors I just kind of look at trailers and I just look at uh, reviews I don't really look at like what the people think about it or like what these like fake you know these like Marvel fan accounts think because that doesn't matter as much. If you if you care about something to the point where you make an account just to be a fan of it, that's kind of unhealthy. That's what I think. Um, and th that is something that I don't think has any exceptions. There's never been a single exception to loving something so much that you make an account dedicated to it. Immediately, it immediately becomes unhealthy. That's that's kind of where you cross the threshold. So there are people who have these and they post you know these fake articles all the time or stuff like that but I would see so many of them and I if I see even one it's probably true but I've seen like you know dozens that just and this is like this time last year see like oh Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were reprising their roles as the previous Spider-Man in the new Spider-Man and I was like oh okay that's pretty cool um and 
like I even saw videos like uh, uh, a critic I watched on YouTube posted a video called like my top 10 you know most hyped movies of 2021 and one of them was the new Spider-Man and he was like yeah you know Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in it that's kind of crazy and it wasn't even confirmed at that point hasn't even been confirmed now but like it's you know it's happening like it's they're in the movie like that's kind of how it is they haven't been in any, any of the trailers Andrew Garfield went on the talk show route and just said I'm not in the movie but he's in the movie <laughs> we all know we, I, I, I know this game Andrew um Tobey Maguire out of nowhere has got super fit last year it's all stuff like that you know um but it looks pretty good and the only thing that like has been confirmed is uh Green Goblin because you saw one of his bombs in the trailer like right up like no mistaking it right up close that was 100% the Green Goblin's bomb and then Doc Ock's fully been shown in promotional images and the trailer uh, reprised by Alfred Molina the cool guy um so I'm, so I'm very excited for that the maximum recording time for segments is 60 minutes keep an eye on the clock yeah I'm gonna call it here in a minute I got some oh I got a lot of homework I'm gonna be doing um but just you know closing thoughts time I guess I'm hyped for the new Spider-Man, although I don't know if they're going to do a good job of balancing the whole kind of thing, the whole kind of... Because Spider-Man Far From Home left off on the biggest cliffhanger of any Marvel movie, and that includes Infinity War. It is just Spider-Man just hanging out in the city. Um, why am I forgetting his name? J.K. Simmons comes back as J. Jonah Jameson and just says, oh yeah, Spider-Man's Peter Parker. And he just posts a picture of Spider-Man, or of Peter Parker's face everywhere, and everybody sees him, and it's like, oh, everybody knows Spider-Man is Peter Parker. It's crazy. And then in this movie, you know, I was thinking the third Spider-Man would be Spider-Man, like, on the run, you know? Um, but instead, it's just all the Spider-Men from before coming back for no reason at all. But, you know, he meets with Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange comes in, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, unleash the multiverse on you, or whatever, and that's what he does. I don't know. It's it's promising. It looks good. Um, I'm really, really excited for Thor Love and Thunder, which got moved back a couple months. It was supposed to come out in, like, March or May of 2022, and I think it was pushed back to, like, June or July, but that's disappointing. I am a huge 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 Taika Waititi fan obviously he's my favorite director he's directed only bangers whether that's what we do in the shadows Jojo Rabbit Hunt for the Wilder People or that one episode of The Mandalorian the man can't miss and he's just so he speaks to me in such an incredible way because he's so funny with his movies but he's so sad and depressing as well and the way he can kind of balance them and flip-flop between them is just really incredible. So I love everything he's done. Uh, I, he's never... Well, I mean, I didn't like Eagle vs. Shark. That was his directorial debut. It was kind of it kind of sucked. But everything after that was really good. I, I, I love it so much. Um, so he's making the new Thor. So it's... it's so he, he stepped on to make the third Thor movie because the first two Thor movies sucked. The third one is... It might be my favorite Marvel movie. It's really good. Um, but the, the fourth one is also looking very good, and I'm very excited for it. I've seen just a few set photos. It looks very rock and roll. Uh, so I'm excited for that one as well. And I think that is where I will close off for tonight. Thank you for listening if you made it this far, and I will see you guys later.